This episode is brought to you by TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com. TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com is your all access to culture. Check out cultural merchandise like leggings, hats, mini boxing gloves, and bags. Also, t shirts like hip hop, nature, rock bands, reggae, and dark fantasy. Fast shipping worldwide. That's TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com. Now, let's check out this episode. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, this man has produced some crazy hits over the years, and he had one of the biggest sounds coming out from the early 90s till right now. You know we have in the building today? We have Father Star, Mr. Star Brown from African Star in the building today. What's going on, Big Boss? Give thanks to life. Thank you so very much for joining us here on the Entertainment Report podcast today. Yes, sir. All right. So somebody like you, what we like to do, we like to take it right from the beginning and then bring it right up to 2021. So my first question for you is this. Where do you grow up in Jamaica and what type of child were you? I was a real soft person. I got beaten at school, and I go back home, and I get beaten again because I wasn't defending myself. Mm-hmm. So that drive me to start to fight at school so I don't get beaten when I go home again. Mm-hmm. And that turned me into a serious person. Right, yeah. And what part of Jamaica did you grow up in? I grew up in Vineyard Town, mm-hmm. Rockfort. Mm-hmm. When I started to get unruly, I go to Rockfort to live with different people. Mm-hmm. From there, all right. And then even your attraction to, because I know you were big into sports and stuff like that too. What was your first sports that you actually started to play? Not really play, you know. Mm -hmm. The first sport that I get recognition with is swimming. I got a scholarship to go to KC. Okay. So what got you involved with swimming? Because you know most people from the West Indies and stuff like that, they don't know how to swim. What got you into swimming? I got into swimming by, uh, I was a sea scout. Mm-hmm. I go to a camp and they pushed me to the pool. I couldn't swim. Mm-hmm. I nearly drowned. Then I said, no, this can't work. And I started to swim. Mm-hmm. And I got so good that I started to swim for the school. Then Casey tried to take me from St. Michael's school mm-hmm. and give me a scholarship. But I wasn't interested in school at that point. You weren't. So where was your mind more at at that point there then? My mind was more on the road, trying to make money, riding bicycles, riding motorcycles. Mm-hmm. So I even learned to paint cars at an early age. Okay. So it was like cars and all of those stuff there. So even football, because I know you were into football at one point there also. Yeah. I used to play for all those on the 15 team. Okay. I came to Canada when I was 16 years old. Okay. And did you come up on a scholarship or what was the point of leaving Jamaica and then coming to Canada at that point there? My parents didn't want me in Jamaica because I started to make the turn that they didn't like. Mm -hmm. Going to dance, they were definitely against that. Mm -hmm. At that point, dance used to be a dangerous thing in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. You go to dance... You know, this side is coming to shoot up that side. You have to jump some fence and get away. Mm. So they didn't want me doing that. So they get me out of the country. Yeah. What was the sound you were listening to back then before we even came to Canada? 
I was listening to Gemini a lot. He used to play in Rockfort on a particular day every week. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Socialist Roots. Mm-hmm. Stereophonic was our like a corner sound, what not a big sound yet. Was was General Echo on the song at that time there yet or not yet? Yeah, uh, no, General Echo have his own song, Echophonic. Mm-hmm. And when I came, he went on Stereophonic. Got you. Welton Irie, I was the first person that bring him to a dance. Okay. How did you meet Welton? We grew up on the same block. Yeah. And I was going to dance, and they wanted to come. Mm-hmm. Rankin Trevor used to give us the mic. I used to DJ too. You used to DJ too? Yeah, Rankin Trevor used to give us the mic. But I used to ride bike. Mm-hmm. So it's like they did rate me as a little youth riding around and things. So they give me a chat and me pass it to Welton and mm-hmm. them said, no, this can't work. get this guy out of the country so them ship me out. <laughs> what was your DJ name back then? You know, we never really have a name with us. Go to a dance and DJ. Mm-hmm. Just try get involved. I start building my little sound from Jamaica, tube amp and all them type of things. Mm-hmm. Come and can my uncle have a club down, lands down on Devonport. Mm-hmm. Room at the top. Mm. And my cousin used to work in Monica Records store, sell records. Yes, of course, on Eglinton West there. So we have all the records that we need to play there. Mm-hmm. And they realized that that was my lane. So mm-hmm. I started to play in the club mm-hmm. until I started to buy a little 15 inch ear and fix up and have some little thing and start to play some basement party. Okay, and were you as a DJ or you had named your song at this time here now? No, at this point, we were just playing, playing, playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's getting out of hand now. We started to call ourselves Black Star, but Black Star is already in Jamaica. Got you, yes. And the, the white people used to call me the little African boy. Mm-hmm. So my crew now starts to say African Star, and it stayed there. And what year would you say that name came around, African Star? That name came about about 78. 78. And what other songs were you playing with in Canada, or you remember being in Canada around that time there? At that point, uh, there were a lot of songs around that I was below their level. Papa Michigan, Zodiac, and that type of thing. My category was Upsetter, Stereograph. That was my category, but I rise so fast mm-hmm. because I was really crazy about the thing. So I rise really fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then you right now, African Star is bubbling in Canada. This is from the 70s, come up to the 80s. So at this time, did you have artists on the song, or are you more or less playing music without artists? I was a DJ. We have a little guy named Barry G and one named Fitzy, and we used to roll out the sound. Mm-hmm. The sound is getting to a different level now. We start entertaining people like Bobby Zaro, Junior Ranks, and all those oldest Gibbons. Okay, even Leroy Gibbons was around the song at one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, came, he came around me as a Christian. Yeah. Sit down in my... Uh, we had like a big closet in my house and we put the sound in there and run the wire right across to our bedroom. Yeah. So in the bedroom we sit down and we play and we talk and that's where 
everything started to get really out of hand. Mm-hmm. But by then, we were sending for artists in Jamaica because if you have a particular artist on your sound that can do the thing, mm-hmm. whether he has a name or not, dance is going to be good. Mm-hmm. So we sent for all different type of artists. They come in this day a month, six weeks. Do you remember any of your first artists that you sent for one of your first big dances you did? One of the first big dance that I did could be uh, Linville Thompson, Early B, after. No, uh, Mooma Nancy was before Early B. Okay. Mooma Nancy introduced me to Early B. She said I should carry Early B, Spanish teacher, and she gave me the old Andrea and him. I said, okay, anything you say, Mooma will send for him. Mm-hmm. Early B introduced us to Supercat. Okay, so first you had brought up Mooma Nancy. Yeah. How did that dancer do? Well, at, at those times, you know, once you come from Jamaica and she was on different, different sound in Jamaica, mm-hmm. it's going to get out of hand. Mm-hmm. It was a good vibe. And how long did you guys have her up here for at that time there? Nancy was here f- around me for about a month. About a month? Because back then we were playing every week. Mm-hmm. During the week, mm-hmm. we just go down to Fashion Tree down at Eglinton and say, Fashion, is a place available for Wednesday night? Mm-hmm. Fashion say yes. No cell phone. We drive around and tell people, oh, we don't have fashion tonight. We're fashion. Mm-hmm. And dance round. That was it. And that was a club or what type of venue was that there? Fashion Tree was a tailor and he had a big empty basement. Mm. So a lot of these times, it wasn't even to like a, a hall or anything. You're bringing these artists to a basement. And these no, things. when I used to send for them, I would have running me all and these bigger places. But during the week, when nothing is going on, I would put ourselves in a basement. Mm-hmm. Nicodemus, Supercat, all of them did that around here with me. All right, we're going to get to those stories because you said Nancy introduced you to Early B now. Early B introduced me to Supercat. All right. How was your experience dealing with an Early B now? Did he have any big songs at these times here, or he was just somebody coming up? Early B had no songs. Nobody in Jamaica hardly even know him. But when I listened to his tracks, mm-hmm. I said, this guy's something else, man. So I sent for him, then they think it was my brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Early B, how long did you guys have him up here for Generally, an artist come, they stay with me for like a month, six weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Because we're playing every week and they have to accumulate things to go back. Mm-hmm. And what was his experience coming to Canada now as a fresh artist that people didn't really hear about? How was his experience up here? Tell you, the first night that Early B was going to work, mm-hmm. you have Leroy Eptones and all those people was here at that point. Mm-hmm. And when we say... Why, Leroy, you know, so we have an artist in Wickeder than Brigadier. Me, I look at you, I'm saying, hey, move from here, you know about music, move. Mm-hmm. But when they hear what Early B was doing now, mm-hmm. the first night, the second night, I don't have space to old people. Yeah, Early B on African Star. Big, 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 had him for he a while. He was not on Jaro yet. He wasn't on Jaro at this time yet. Do you remember what year this was? Around what year? 
This was about uh, 83. Around then. Wow, early B. And then how did he connect you to now Supercat? They live in, uh, he asked me to carry Supercat because Supercat has just done gone through a system in Jamaica that he needs to take a break. Mm -hmm. So that break he was here. Mm -hmm. Wow, Cat. So then it was, you had Cat and Early B up here together or was just Early B and then Cat? Early B and then Cat. Mm -hmm. How was your experience dealing with a younger Cat at this time right now? Like Junior Cat? No, like Super Cat, because remember, he's still a younger artist. He didn't really, did he get his break at this time yet, or he was still a younger artist? He was still a younger artist than Early B. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think Early B used to write lyrics for him. So if Early B write, learn to drive, learn for drive, he give Cat, learn for ride, mm-hmm. and he was writing lyrics. So the, both of them always have similar lyrics. Mm-hmm. And what was your experience dealing with a young cat at that time there? A young cat at that time was the bad boy thing. Mm-hmm. It was a different spirit from early B and people like him. Mm-hmm. And he never stopped. He yeah. keep going, going, going. Do you remember the first dance that you guys brought him on that was a wicked dance that you don't forget? You know, every dance cat DJ was good dance. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Because they know it was early B student. Got you. And they kind of understand that he has this thing going. Cat, mm-hmm. And then you say Cat introduced you to Demas. No, I know Demas by going to Jamaica and driving up and down with Cat and early B them and going to dance and do all kind of thing. All of them part together. Yeah. And you brought Demas up here also? Yeah. What was that experience like? Demas already made his name in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. So when Demas was coming, it was something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Demas was threatening Brigadier. Papa Brigadier can't test Mr. Demas. So by the time he get here, all the cassette freak know who Demas was. Mm-hmm. And the place, and people were expecting... Yeah. Demos. Demos could hold the mic and talk all night by himself. Mm-hmm. By then, by that time, mm-hmm. most artists used to do that. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't a lot of artists that were coming up. You'd bring up one to two artists sometimes and they have to hold the mic all night. Well, we have a hundred Toronto artists there because mm-hmm. they know who these people are. Mm-hmm. And most of these artists that would come in, they would be the star in Canada. There is the one that people would be listening to, Chester Miller, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Big Dear Demos. At these times here now, when you're bringing up these songs, did you clash with any, like a stereograph or upset or anything with these artists on your song? No, they weren't interested in doing that with me because the level that I was doing, it is like a Jamaican level. And I get to like the dub plate as soon as it start to Make and I started making dub plates too. Okay. Who were some of your earlier dub plates that you had cut those times there? They have this guy in Jamaica, King Evra. Mm-hmm. Not Prince, King Evra. We used to hang out together, mm-hmm. write lyrics together, and we'll be there and 
we just say, come out, we're going to do it. And we just going to do it, Pad and Tony, all them mm-hmm. old-time artists. Because I know at that time it was always, it was more singers, because people were really cutting DJs at those times. No, right? DJ have to come to dance and hold the mic. Yeah. All singers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and who would you say was your singer at that time there for African Star? In special? Yeah. Well, my people was uh, Dan Angelo, Pat Anthony, King Everall, all them people. Just, once I go to Jamaica, mm-hmm. I just started to get special. I didn't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Okay, because this time I guess they say, okay, you're coming down from Canada. So as long as you come down, you feature their song, hopefully they'll get to come up also. Well, they just want their song to play in Canada. Mm-hmm. Even when you send for an artist, they never ask you for money. Okay. No. Yeah. They just want to come. Yeah. And I guess they hustle and you guys work or whatever business once they're here type of thing. Well, once they're here, oh, when we go Canada and work with stars, we get this, we get that, everybody want to come. Because mm-hmm. everybody's going home with X amount or whatever money, this for your family, that, that, that. Mm-hmm. That's the way we used to do it way back then. Good. And at this time, your African stars bubbling up in the city. Who else was on the song at this time as a selector or engineer or anybody else around the song at this time here? I was doing everything. I was lifting that sound in a dance hall. Mm-hmm. I was stringing up that sound and I was playing that song. Mm-hmm. So it was all by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Good. And did you, even without these artists now, did you end up clashing any other Canadian song at this time here? Nobody would clash with me. Why not? Well, we have tuning volumes because I know Jamins from Canada. Oh, you know him from Canada? So when Jamins was in Jamaica, mm-hmm. that's where I first started to go to get songs. Mm-hmm. So Jamins would have old-time days. Mm-hmm. Jamins would vice songs, put them down. They're not going to be released yet. Mm-hmm. So we could get a pre-release. That used to be dub play. Mm-hmm. No songs with your name. Mm-hmm. Pre-release, dub plate, that's it. So I could do all of that. I don't wait on 45 to come out. I go on and I say, Jam, it's not like this, that, 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 that. Mm-hmm. And he just run them off. I don't even remember if he used to charge me. Because mm-hmm. him knowing from me like a boy, I go to Jam in Canada. Wow, that's big there. So even so that now you're the man running the dubs right now. You have yeah, all the in dubs. Canada yeah. at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not even Clash. Who did you play alongside those times where you probably gave them a warm time at this time here now? Playing and not playing with them, giving them a warm time because uh, what you need to do is get an artist that can hold that mic. Yeah. And I used to do that. I don't depend on Canadian. I say, okay, so-and-so is good, so-and-so is good, send for them. Mm-hmm. Even doing a stage show, we, I never call it a stage show. We in concert hall now, you know. Okay, so you did some concert hall shows. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking about a stage show. We're talking about a stage dance. Yes. We put the sound on the stage and the artist up there mm-hmm. and the crowd's out there and we're doing the thing. No mm-hmm. bands. We have Chakademus now. Like a Twitch, Frankie Paul. So we went that route too. Stage dance. Because at Concert Hall kept some of the biggest dances at that time. From, you know, okay, this is Concert Hall. You know, this is the real deal. Yeah. 
you understand. What other dances did you stage dances did you guys keep in concert hall? Well, I played for other people. When I leave Canada, go to Jamaica, somebody pay me $2,000 to play my song. Okay. And that was 87 I left. Mm-hmm. So all this is going on. At this time, how come you decided, did you leave or the entire song had left this time here in 87? 87, that is, uh, I had one of the biggest, newest technology sound in Canada mm-hmm. among our people. Mm-hmm. But I go to Jamaica all the time. I listen to Leaves Unlimited. I listen to Youth Promotion. And everybody have a different night that they play. Mm-hmm. So we are at a dance every night. And I started to say, I'm sound you don't have enough song like me. You know. mm-hmm. I'm sound you bad like my sound. You know. mm-hmm. So I take the sound to Jamaica. I didn't even plan to play it. It was in my house. Yeah. So what did, because remember, if you're doing all this good stuff in Canada this time, and you decided to move the sound to Jamaica, what was the whole plan or... I just decided to leave Canada. I got you. Yeah. One day, I'm a bike rider too. Mm-hmm. So one day we were in bike shop, sit down, smoke some weed and all the chalice screw there and everything because me don't really smoke chalice. Mm-hmm. And you now play African star, Cassette, and I'm going to say, Cassette, you're clean, eh, man. Bully patroon, sound you have, man. Mm-hmm. I'm on look, look at him and say, see the owner for the sound there. And him say, your sound. And the man say, yeah, down at the yard there. And him say, the sound there, Jamaica now play. Mm-hmm. Give me a serenade Sunday. Sunday we're going to string up on serenade. Mm-hmm. Sound take off. Right from there. Okay, so then now when you got to Jamaica, who did you, were you still playing the song or you started to recruit people to play the I song? I was still playing the song. Mm-hmm. Even boxing them on the sound, I was still playing the song. You were still playing at that time? Yeah. Something like what is going on now. I'm still playing the song, waiting for somebody who can deal with the sound to play the song. Mm-hmm. I was playing the sound. When boxer came on the sound, I just came from foreign mm-hmm. with Mario Soft Soap. He was the first selector on the song? Yeah. Yeah. We went to foreign and we come back and boxer come and say, but I want to play the song, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, we introduce it to the song. Stand mm-hmm. Pipe him come from. So okay. Our people are up there. We go on and go on until they end up on the song. Yeah. So when you took the song back to Jamaica, where was the song based at this time, you know? I really live in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure the song was. <laughs> <laughs> Got you. But yeah, Stand Pipe up there and... There's a bike at Tavern up there, the bike yard, and mm-hmm. so I just control that like a neighborhood. That's why a lot of people would think the song is from like Standpipe and Tavern and stuff like that. All right, you're getting back, Boxer. So then it was Mario Soft Soap was the first one. You, Mario Soft Soap, then Boxer came along. Yeah. So then how did Gary Trucks and Val get involved with the song now? Val was there because I'm playing in Grand Spin and all those areas around. So uh, Mario introduced Val. They come from Grand Spring, both of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was going on good. And then Gary Chuck's walking one day and... Uh, but I put the sound on my veranda and say, play some song with me here. Yeah. I'll know if you're ready for the street. Mm-hmm. And every day they were there. So they practice every day and when they go out, mm-hmm. 
They give it to them. I say, well, it's time for me back up. These young blood is giving it to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you remember some of the earlier dances you guys started to do when you came down with the song? No. I was playing like early B birthday party down in Cockburn Pen and Danny Dredd and all them big selector. Early B them have to come and mm-hmm. enough artists know from long time so. It was a different situation. Christmas dance and I go for the whole uh, Dan Angelo lecture, everybody. At that point, people just start to play DJ special and song. Got you. So they are DJing that. Oh, you play them on special, but we have them live and we have old tons of artists live. Mm-hmm. And what year was this where, this where the team actually came together now? Like uh, box and that? Yeah. Well, uh, you're talking about uh, 88, 89, 90. Mm-hmm. And 90 is when the team formed together. Yeah, as in the boxer Val, Gary Chucks, Mario Safso. Yeah, they're coming together. Mario gets off, boxer, rough him up, yeah. him back out. <laughs> but Val mm-hmm. is a determined guy. Mm-hmm. So I realized that this guy was uh, musically inclined. Mm-hmm. When he do like that, he's going to play some songs. Yeah. He couldn't talk on the mic. I said, no, practice. Mm-hmm. After a while, he started practice on the mic, and he's a good guy. Even because this time juggling now, do you remember the first time you guys met like a Stone Love or a Metro Media or even a Silverhawk or something this time when you guys are fresh in the place? The first time Donny Dredd listened to the sound when I played in Bike Yard, mm-hmm. he, he, he said, this is a sound that is going to get out, Silverhawk. And reality, that was the truth that happened. Because we both have the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. What was it like when you, when African Star and Silverhawk met up the first time? You know that Bazi leaves Silverhawk and came on African Star. No boss. So Silverhawk didn't have much strength mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. So from then, no matter who Silver Arc put on that song, couldn't manage me. Even when Steeler come, we still it killing Silver Arc. Mm-hmm. The last big dance with we and Silver Arc, Student Union. We beat Silver Arc like a slave. It's over for Silver Arc. That was the end of that. Yep, Silver Arc just vanished away. And this is, because remember, this is the big bad Silver Arc with Steely, producer and all this at this time here, you know. What was it about African Star where Silverhawk couldn't get around African Star? Steely is above most of these normal junior artists. Mm-hmm. And I was on the same level as them. Them could walk up to me. Hey, star, da, 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 da. And we all understand each other and we can rap together. And if you can't go in the studio, come on, me special, come. Mm-hmm. And then bottom for the gate. Start in my work? Yeah. In my work? In my work? In my work? All of them are work. Make them come. Mm-hmm. I want to have the experience. So when the song come, and me hear the song, me can alter the song. Mm-hmm. Steal it only wait till you boss. 
<laughs> that was the real the real difference. We can play lots of new songs with them that have. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest area rival was African Star and Silverhawk. Uh, not really, because uh, after a while, uh, the area wasn't it anymore because we were flying out and we were playing all over the island and all these people we know from Canada from day one, we get the port, them karma for playing for them neighborhoods. So we kind of make our name. Maybe when was the big election? Nobody know want to play. Me play. It was no problem to me. Yeah. Me play Tower Hill. Admiral Bailey, Yellow Man, Ninja Man, the whole hundred yard when Ninja Man just up. Now I'm going to love it. Now I'm going to love it. PMP shot, Labor Right. Mm-hmm. And everybody else says, Start, don't go. Don't go, don't go. Uh, yeah. That's no problem with it. <laughs> Me go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are doing yourself. So, okay, you guys in Silverhawk. You remember the first time you guys played with Stone Love? Not really, but we played so many times. Mm hmm. At one point, Stone Love was calling us to come to Australia to play because he want me to bring my crowd down there, mm-hmm. probably trying to snatch my crowd. But my crowd is authentic uptown crowd. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Stone Love couldn't take that crowd. Mm-hmm. So you guys did even like a Metro Media inner city in Gemini because remember, you said you were listening to Gemini before. Yeah. But then now you brought down your song. Did Gemini African start playing? No. You guys never got a chance. Gemini check. was mostly playing at his club when I go to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Welt and I was playing the sound that time. And the whole slack thing was going on down there that I never liked. So mm-hmm. Gemini take time to fade out. Go, go dancing and all them things that go on. Meanwhile, sound up play. Yeah. It was sound like a sound <laughs> play. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What other clashes, early clashes, did you guys get into at that time there too? Almost every little sound, you know, mm-hmm. whether they come from Tavernar, Standpipe, right now my technician that is on the sound right now that have the sound in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Technician had a sound. And we went to play that night, and when I trash him that night, eventually that sound don't play no more. He end up on my sound from those time until this time. But the, uh, what was the name of that sound there? I tried to remember just now when I was going to bring it up. (laughs) But them never have no name still. Mm -hmm. Never have no name. Got you. All this is going on good. When did you connect with Capleton now? The first time I played in Backyard when they asked me to serenade. Mm -hmm. And so much DJ was there and everything that... All of the bike man, them and the mechanic, them stars, stars. I youth, yeah. But so much people DJ tonight. I said, when I listen to cassette, me tell her now. When I listen to cassette, and no matter what me do, them say, this youth, yeah. Mm-hmm. I say, all right. You up on the sound now. Ninja was already on the sound. Sometimes when Shaba and them give interview, you hear it and Beanie Man. Shaba was on the sound too. Beanie Man was on the sound too. Because when Shaba came to the song, was he Shaba ready or he was co-pilot when he got there? No, when he come, he was Shaba with Niglai Pum Pum. That's all he had. Okay. But him and Ninja Man are good friend, And we're playing at Ninja Man House, mm-hmm. Mall Road, every week. I think it's every Tuesday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Ninja Man pulling Shaba for coming. I mean, it kind of like the coast vice. And mm-hmm. That's all he had. Mm-hmm. And they'd go on to the thing every week and... 
Enkelairi and all of them build up them status mm-hmm. right by Ninja Manferenda. Crazy. That's crazy to even know that all of these artists were on African Star. And them boss. And mm-hmm. when Ninja when Shaba give interview and being a man and all them, you they will tell you about that. Mm-hmm. I hear them talk that and several chin interview. Yeah, they may hear Captain and being a man of fight. Upon Wilford Williams and <laughs> still going back to way back there. Yeah. Crazy Shaba, Ninja. Who else was on was on the song as somebody that really bust after the fact who was on African Star? By the time Baby Wayne and Panet and them come around, the DJ and sound kind of phase out. It's juggling now. Mm-hmm. But they're part of the crew too. Baby Wayne Panhead, because I know even after, cause we're going to go forward to come back. I mean, I know this This is when, like, Jack here, Sizzla, Military Man, Determined, um, Anthony B., all of them <laughs> were part of this African star thing at that point there. But yeah. this is now the early 90s we're talking about yeah. here. Yeah. Okay, so even with Kilpatan now, so then you said you went back, you listened to cassette, and they were telling you, this is the man here. What was his style that you said, okay, you know what? Let me work with this man here. This man had lyrics. All he needed to do was control his voice and control his thing. Mm-hmm. And the only person he reminds me of was Earl B. Because Earl B is that person that come and spit lyrics like crazy. Mm-hmm. And I say, yeah, I'm going to start working him on a sound. Him go down and jam in some vice a tune for Bravo. And although I was taking him to foreign without a song. Okay, so then when he was on the song, because you came back to Canada to, to play some dances. Yeah. Okay. I bring Early B. No, sorry. I bring uh, Ninja, mm-hmm. Flower, Colin Roach, all ad name, Capitan. Mm-hmm. No name. And what year was this? That could be 92. 90. Or it might be a bit earlier because I know by probably 90 or 91, Kilpatan had Bomber, right? So this is probably, we're talking about 90 or 89-ish type of time. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody finished trash the dance. But let's whisper in and say, hey, Mm -hmm. it's your time now to prove yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. Got an in-job name already and... Flow gun and all them, you know. And I'm just go out there and hold the mic for the rest of the night and done the place. Mm-hmm. On African Star. This was uh, one of those concert hall type of dances? Yeah, I don't remember which venue it was, but it was a big venue. Kiopotan mm-hmm. there, wow. So then you said he recorded for Bravo. I think that was um, number one Paneloko chart? Yeah. Those songs there. Yeah. So when do you decide to, okay, you know what? It's now time for African star music to start producing stuff. When did you start producing? You start to ask me to be the manager, and I tell him that, hey, I'm a person that will run off, you know, mm-hmm. and if I'm your manager, I can't do that, you know, so this has to be a serious thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And while he's flattering somewhere around there, you know, I start saying, I have to hit the studio. So I started hit the studio. I used to tell Steely mm-hmm. all the tracks that I'm going to make. But because I'm not that frequent in the studio, Steely go and do it. And I say, oh, my ideas are good. 
So what, I, what was the idea where you say, okay, you you probably told him, and then you seen this come to light? You said, okay, I could work with this. Well, after I started telling him, oh, I'm gonna lick so and so a rhythm, and I'm gonna do this, that, 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 he go and do it. Mm-hmm. Then I started say, don't tell Steele and just go to the studio and do it. Mm-hmm. And I started to go to the studio and do it. When I started to produce my songs, and I go to Washington and uh, meet up with a guy named Dave Rubin. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to let him sign Caperton. Dave Rubin look at me and say, I don't like those tracks that Steeling Cleaver makes. All I hear, we want songs with substance. So I go back to Jamaica now and I say, well, I can't follow that trend. So I sort of fix up my thing now and make it with all the music, the precautions, and fill it up with stuff, and it just went. And what studio were you recording out of? I work at Music Works. Mm-hmm. They always give me the graveyard, graveyard shift, and I'm tired like crazy. <laughs> I never work in mixing lab, but I'm trying to get in mixing lab. They still give me graveyard time. Then I started making a name now, and... I can get any time I want. Yeah. <laughs> so you really started producing because of Capitan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was actually some of your first songs that you'd put out was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was producing for lots of the younger generation that didn't have a chance in the studio. Mm-hmm. So my thing was their opportunity to get out there. Mm-hmm. I have tons of songs in Jamaica, ridiculous mm-hmm. tapes. That you still haven't released yet. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Freddie McGregor, Jimmy Riley, all type of artists that I didn't release yet. Gregor Isaac, all type. I can put out the album right now with Capitan. Yeah. I can put out the album right now with Michael Rose. I don't need no more songs. Yeah. I have enough. That's wild there. We're going to go down that producing journey in a minute there. So what was your first hit that you got with Capitan? Keep them first it from my Well we had a lot of songs leading up to hit. Mm-hmm. But like the real international hit. Put on the wings of the morning and fly. Mm-hmm. And it goes on there. So that came before tour or that came after tour? That came after tour. Mm-hmm. Because I know tour was the one that really broke him into that market there because he had yeah. Bomber Red, number one Panaloco chart, but none of those were recorded for you. Yeah. But the one that really took him to that market there was yeah. tour. Because we went over by Signet and we were trying to get a deal. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to let him get a deal. That At that time, everybody's getting deal. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to let him get a deal. So I'm shopping him around all around, and uh, Liquor John, Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. He was an engineer. Okay. So there was a guy working with Sidney that put it together and said, hey, Liquor John, we'll do it for you now, but you know, Russell will have a hard time call Russell thing and Slick Rick and blah, blah, blah. I'm saying, I'm willing to take the chance. So Jamaica will come from, look how much June Sanchez sing over. Mm-hmm. I will take the chance. Mm-hmm. and put out the tune and Russell called me up and said hey that's our rhythm you know I don't know what you're saying on it but it's going on good and 
different different record companies that run at me now. Okay, so at first you were trying to get to them, and then now after the the remix came out, the tour remix came out, now they started to look for you. Yeah. Who else? Okay, because I know you guys signed with Def Jam. Do you remember who else was looking for you guys at that time? Who else you guys Atlantic were entertaining? Atlantic Records, mm-hmm. lots of different uh, big company. That girl over Atlantic Records, she's offering a certain money. Russell's offering a certain amount. Uh, those people in England, who were they again? BBC them. They were offering a certain amount. And I say, you know what happened? The first cut is the deepest. Make sure you do it right. Mm-hmm. So Def Jam just decided, that's what you want? Okay. And he give us what we want, and he start to let us do the remixes, Wings of the Mon, Why Do the Eden Range. They all hit the billboard, and things are just going crazy, and we're just out there. Yeah, because I know you guys did you did did the remix. Little John did the remix, the um, tour. Which one was Method Man on? You guys did a, either a song or a remix with with uh, Method Man. Method Man came in on one of the songs because of Def Jam. Mm-hmm. Connection because he was there with me and we did the, that remix and put it out. I think it's Why Do They Then Rage? Mm. Why Do They Then Rage? It could be Wings of the Morning. You know? mm-hmm. I think it's Wings of the Morning. I think it's Wings of the Morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have Q Tip and all of them coming in on combination with us and mm-hmm. because we had to put out a Nice hip-hop album. Because the first album I think you had put out with Kyopatan was Good Soul? Yeah, that was our VP. Mm-hmm. And then when you guys signed and you guys got the deal, that was when you had put out the uh, Prophecy album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was it like working on the album there for Def Jam now? You know, Def Jam, Russell, he definitely, like... You'd say, well, you guys know what you're doing. You just do your thing. Mm-hmm. And if I want to do something that is a problem, I'll go and say, Russell, we need to do so and so and so. Is he okay? And it happened. Mm-hmm. One phone call, it happened. Because at this time, you're dealing with Russell Simmons directly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He likes to deal with me directly. Where A lot of people can't deal with him like Because he think we are unruly, mm-hmm. and he like the unruly thing. We just... Make a song and put it out, and the place is going crazy. <laughs> yeah. So now you guys had put out this first album here, Prophecy. What did that do for your career, and where did that kind of take you guys at this time here now? You know, we it did a lot for us. Mm-hmm. We started doing shows with all hip hop artists, Queen Latifah, name it. Everybody's backstage, and we are on that show, Older to Bastard, the Old Hundred Yards. We were there as a little reggae mm-hmm. <laughs> in this big hip-hop show. All of them big mm-hmm. shows, we are doing those shows now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back once to go back forward. Why did Kipton decide to lock up at that time there now? He did a song that once I was lost and now I am found. And once he did that song, he was going to Bubba Hill. Mm-hmm. So he go past my teaching now and he gone to Bubba Hill. Mm-hmm. And they're telling him that Emmanuel is God and all this thing, and he's taking it really serious. Emmanuel live every time. So every song was Emmanuel first. Mm-hmm. Marcus Gavis, Selassie, I say, no, Selassie first. Oh, leave him alone. And 
he started to do his thing and mm-hmm. work for him from there. And at this time, did you were you linking with Panhead at this time here also? Yeah, Panhead is part of our crew, no matter what. If you even go into England or so, and Panhead is not on it, we try to put him on it so that you get exposed. Because mm-hmm. we don't play, we'll drag you with us to mm-hmm. let you get exposed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was on some of the, the shows with you guys also. Yeah. Yeah. We are England on tour. We carry him. He get to go around and people hear him and thing, but he wasn't coming to Canada or the U.S. Oh, he didn't get to come to Canada or the U.S.? Mm-hmm. He's on roller kid, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was basically Kilpatan and Panhead on the road, or there was more of you guys on the road also at that time there? Well, our thing was moving much fast, you know, so whenever I can drag them throughout the Caribbean or so, Jack Cure, all of them, we drag them down the Caribbean, Jamais, and we're trying to expose them mm-hmm. any which way we can do it because they're not going to give them a visa that easy to go to the States. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to pay them to come to Canada at that point. Mm-hmm. So we carry them the other route and carry them Europe. What was it like meeting a young Jack here at that time there? Like a melody, 14, 15 years old, get peer trouble. Mm-hmm. So eventually everybody start rass up now and you're just thunder and you're just glory and you're just this and you're just that. And him come from country every month and I'm be him come from it pure old cure weed. You're just cure because pure old cure you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why I didn't even know that's how he really came up with him because yeah, I knew he had started, a name before that. Too. Yeah, everybody, Lick a Melody. Mm-hmm. Lick a flipper, mm-hmm. go and turn flipper mafia. He was part of the early camp also. I would pressure all of them for go school, and we would make you get fly out, and mm-hmm. all of them start go back to school. Mm-hmm. Wow. What do you even pan it here now? When he, what was the situation surrounding his death? Because he was still part of the camp at that time here now? We'll pull him whenever we can because. We grow fast, mm-hmm. and he was still on that level. So you have to pay attention to the person that is with the team more, and when we can pull you down there or pull you down there, we do it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So yeah, so with his death, where were you guys? Or how did the camp feel when Panhead had died at time there now? Cape Town get mad, man. Cape Town the cold-blooded murderer. Shouldn't kill the innocent soldier. And then get mad, man. Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait for the song. The song make quick. Wrong advice for Jack Scorpio. Because mm-hmm. even at this time, you were still managing and touring and all this stuff there. But I guess you would still... You liked when he recorded for other people or that was just how the music was done at that time? Then? No, well, at one point, I stopped him from recording for... Producers who can put him to the other level because I'm working hard for you to go there. So why should this guy that just jump in and do it like that? So it was like Fates, mm-hmm. Fatai Bulby, a wee boss Bulby too. Okay. Yeah, Bulby used to just come and studio and not now go on film. And one day it was uh, Bulby next engineer name. So we look at him one day and say, you think you can take advice? 
I said, yeah, 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 I'm going to take the vice, mm-hmm. and when I'm running off a song, the song sounds like it mix. So I'm going to start using them all the time. Mm-hmm. Crazy, just like that. So then now, we were talking about Def Jam, you guys are doing your stuff. So the first album did good for Capitan, you're saying you guys did a lot of shows yeah. and all that stuff there. Yeah. Movie, everything, they introduced Capitan to what Capitan don't want to do. The movie stuff. Do you remember what movie it was? How to be a player. Captain was supposed to act in it or his music was supposed to be? He was to be in it and he was doing all kind of things so they just put his song. His song's in that movie. Never knew that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow, a lot of stuff there. And then you guys did another, another. the second album on Def Jam was um, I Testament. Yeah. How did that album do for your career now, for his career now? I Testament was a higher level of songs and everything. But by then, Capeton is too much overboard with himself. What do you mean by that? Capeton's supposed to do a song with Erica Badu. They sent us four songs. At that point, Erica Badu just trying to come on the road. Captain wouldn't do it. She went on tour at Montel Jordan. She bus. So you had the, you guys had the chance to do music with her before she got her bus. We had a chance to do song with Montel Jordan before him bus. And Captain wouldn't do the song. And they send the song by itself. Mm-hmm. And the song get out of hand and sell a million. And I say, well, trust me. If you were on that song, mm-hmm. no matter what, you'd have your fear share. Mm-hmm. So what was what was the issue at this time here? Why he didn't want to record these songs or with certain... What was the issue at that time there now? I think it was too much in his eyes. I don't know if uh, everything was so much mm-hmm. overwhelming with him that... He think that these people is trying to jump on on his bandwagon, Got and you. I trying to let him know that no, that's not the way it is. Mm-hmm. It's a circle of things. What goes around comes around. So you never want to do it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So then, how did this second album do for you guys now on Def Jam? Well, by then we are really in the streets, you know, and people know us, and Russell is giving us money to promote ourselves as well. So we'd go out and do 20, 30, 40 jingles for various radio stations. So by the time we get to that town, city, state, whatever, we are already on their stuff. We don't just send them songs, we send them jingles. Oh, big up muscle, blah, 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 blah. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we get most of sold out shows even by himself. Mm-hmm. And you guys were still dealing with, you guys were still on the big label. So then, no, you guys only did, were you guys supposed to do a third album or was it only two albums you guys had signed for? We actually signed for five albums and Russell was uh, fed up with Kipton not doing what he's supposed to do when he's supposed to do it. So they started drop it and asked VP to take the next album and they did. 
and I, which I get an exemption from from Russell to do it because they were actually wanted to hold him down. And I said, no. And this is because I guess you had the relationship directly with Russell. You could speak to him. And yeah, I could just call him and say, Russell, things are not working, you know. Mm -hmm. and we are going to do something with VP and so on. And he said, well, okay, mm -hmm. go ahead. So he just give us an exemption and we move on. What album was that that VP had put out there? More Fire. And that was another big one that he had put out. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you find was the biggest difference at that time dealing with a Def Jam to a VP? Well, a Def Jam now is going to give you money to do a video. A VP ain't going to do that. Mm -hmm. And they'll help you along your way. Wherever you're going, mm -hmm. you're going to a white man's state. There's no black people coming to that show. He has the link to make something happen there. Mm -hmm. VP don't care. You have to pull your own weight. That's a real difference dealing with an American big label to like a reggae dance hall type of label. That yeah. was what your experience was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you guys, so I guess after you guys start dealing with VP, that's when you guys dissolve the Def Jam relationship. Yeah. So you started. So what were your next moves? VP, okay, that's coming out. What were some of your next moves now as a producer? At that point, I started Travel Africa 95 mm. because I was studying this thing that is going on right now. I was reading the New World Order from 88, 89 mm -hmm. and see what these people were up to. And I decided I check out all of Jamaica. I say, what the Bible is telling you about and this hills and where you have to run to, it's not in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. Let me check out Africa. And I was checking out Africa, and I get really attached to Africa. Okay. So this, so you had moved to Africa, or you were just back and forth? Between I was Africa? going back and forth, and 99, I pack up a big sound system in a 40-foot container and ship it down there. Okay, so remember now, the deal is the sound was built in Canada, moved to Jamaica, and then moved to Africa. Yeah, that was a brand new song going to Africa. Mm-hmm from the one that I brought from Canada. Yeah, okay, so you still had, African Star was still in Jamaica at this time here now? No, we scrapped down everything. We are building new speakers, new everything, and ship it to Africa. Mm -hmm. Did you bring any of the selectors or what was the plan to do with the song when you got to Africa? I brought selector. Yeah. I brought engineer. <laughs> I brought chef. <laughs> I brought my family. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Who did you bring as selected to play the song at that time? There? Harry Joe is still in Africa. Harry Joe? He was one of the last one that came on the song. Mm-hmm. He's still in Africa, crying for me to come back right now. I'm building a new song to take there. I'm getting some speakers that are 3,000 watt, 21 inch, mm -hmm. line array, everything to ship there. Africa. So how was your, how long were you out there for? I was here from 99 to 2004, but actually, if you add up everything from 95. Mm -hmm. And what was, what was the scene like out there opposed to now? Cause you guys traveled all over the place doing shows and like that. What was the reggae scene like in Africa when you got there? Morgan Heritage of, uh, Father Morgan Delroy, mm -hmm. his brother, 
Asha, Michael Asha. Asha look at me and say, Boy, I don't know you're going to make it down here now because these people not going to listen to reggae music, you know. Mm-hmm. He was wrong. Yeah. In the space of no time, we had some crowd ridiculous listening to the song. Mm-hmm. Like 30,000 people will be there listening to the song. Crazy numbers mm-hmm. of people show up all the time. Mm-hmm. Because you have like Guinness, Star Beer, Rexona Deodorant, Adam FM, Vive FM, Gold FM, all these people is promoting the song mm-hmm. because they need something to give it to all those people that is coming out to, for their promotion. Mm-hmm. And they are paying good money for that mm-hmm. because they are promoting their product and they need something to give it to them. So we had a good vibes there. Crazy. This is Ghana here. And did you do any shows out there also? Yeah, we did lots. Uh, no, I didn't promote any myself, mm-hmm. like with artists or anything, but we did lots of shows. Mm-hmm. Lots of shows. Because we would uh, set up the sound and let the bands come in our mix and one mm-hmm. level from there. Freddie McGregor come, he's going on tour, we are doing it. Mm-hmm. Whoever come, they don't have any big sound. Yeah. So our song was it. Got you. And how come, because I know everywhere you were, you seemed to be doing shows. How come you didn't do any shows at that time there then? I think we were comfortable with what, what was going on there for us. Mm-hmm. Because the amount of people that was coming out was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you were good with that. There was some stuff that I wanted to get into, even some of your dub plates. Cause I know even with Kepton, Kepton did a lot of combos. One that stands out in my mind in particular is Kepton and Garnet Silk on African Star. How did you connect with Garnet Silk? Garnet Silk, my Jamaics and me is bridging before Garnet Silk come about. Okay. Even now, Jamaica come to Canada, he still find me and come and look for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were doing, going out together. Mm-hmm. Ricky Chupa tried to get the deal done, but he couldn't get it done. Cape Town is unruly, he's not going. So me just said, hey, I'm going to go down the street, you know. I'll be my weight point, I'll come and go down there. We just got down there. Mm-hmm. Four Cape Town and Ghana, it's special, man. Everybody think it's one, but it's four. It's four of them we have. How come, or did you get a chance to record Garnet Silk? No, or it's only dub plates? I, the only dub plates I didn't record them. Mm-hmm. Bobby Zizital, Jamaica, Savala, I'm sung them. How come it just, you didn't get a chance, or how come you guys never got to record? Maybe it was in my interest at that point. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people running after him, and I'm sitting down with him every day. <laughs> because sometimes that's what it is. It's the, when you look back, it's the obvious one. The obvious one would be a garnet silk. But when you're with them all the time, it's like you're in the mix. So it's like, right. okay, we'll link up when we get a chance to link up. That's like a lot of people running after Dennis Brown. And just when Dennis Brown died, we just finished a world tour. You were on tour with Dennis Brown? 
Yeah, we just finished a world tour of reggae sound splash. We go through America, Canada, and take the plane and go to Japan and all over the place and still doing tour. So you, okay, when you say you guys were on a tour, you were managing Dennis Brown at this time, or how no, were you involved? He was on the reggae sound splash tour, mm-hmm. a world tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tommy Cowan was a person that was in charge by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like three, four bus loaded with artists and some trucks loaded with equipment driving across America. <laughs> so you were on as the sound system or what was your role? No, I was captain manager on the tour and I was doing some uh, road management as well, helping with the papers and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, because captain was on this tour with Dennis Brown, yeah. right across the US. Yeah. Crazy. Did you get a chance to record anything with Dennis Brown? No, not not like a 45. Yeah. And because Dennis Brown was smoking, he's kind of unruly, and I'm not really into what's going on and going bribe him with no negative energy and mm-hmm. nothing like that. So we just get a like a two, three special and cool, and we're good. Crazy. Who else do you have on dub that you never got to produce a 45 with? A big special artist. Lots of artists. Mm-hmm. Maxi Priest and Captain Combination. Lots of artists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you never did any recording with Maxi Priest. No. Big Youth? I know Big Youth from your little, little boy. I used to go match his lane, go buy pants length. Big Youth know me. Mm-hmm. So, me and Big Youth never have a problem. As a matter of fact, me was one of the first sound start to play Big Youth and Special. We actually made the rhythm in the studio for Big Youth device on it. We made the rhythm for Toots device on it. There was no rhythm there. Yeah. We'd have to use a track that had voice in it already. Mm-hmm. So we have to make one. And that's how you guys, because you see the thing, the good thing with African Star, what I've seen is like, with the sound system, that that was where you guys, you're doing the productions, they're playing the sound, so then a lot of the times the dubs were on you guys' rhythms. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like, okay, like how Stone Love was doing it because they were doing some producing too, African Star was doing the same thing where you're producing and playing these songs on their own rhythm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And even that place where Stone Love is at, I was the first one in that area. Dancehall Queen. Yeah. I own that property. They flim everything on that property. For the movie Dancehall Queen. Yeah. That's why I beat them and tell you when we go down to African Star, Mr. Chuck Combus. That's our place. Yes. Since you can't dance so good, meet me down to African Star tonight. Mm-hmm. Paul and Campbell, I went to school with him. With Paul Campbell? I know Paul... He frequents up here a lot sometimes, yeah. too. He come at my shop and check me all the time. People yeah. get crazy. Is that him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's so. It's like you were always surrounded by the music. I get dropped into it earlier. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I can't leave it. Even when I say I quit, mm-hmm. it doesn't work. I come to Canada. I don't plan to play no sound up here or anything. Mm-hmm. No. While my bridging opened a shop on Jane Street, him said, Come play some Father Five and some LP. I'm going and play. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, Go on, good, you want to play every Friday? And some play that good. Mm-hmm. All right, me play. 
Then them start with me a stereograph play, me and this play, them drama downtown and I start playing back the song. I never know who would play back the song. That's crazy. <laughs> what was it like meeting and working with a young sizzler? Very obedient when I just start. Mm-hmm. Very obedient. Most of them, maybe your name, let them have some form of fear of you, but when they start to deal with people like me, they find out that easy for deal with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, because I know you guys. You guys didn't do a lot of recordings, but you guys recorded some yeah. some big songs too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even somebody like a young Anthony B. How did you guys connect? I know Anthony B is the same person to me. Mm-hmm. If I'm similar right now, the energy. Different. I know my tempo, mm-hmm. and they know when it change, and mm-hmm. they know it's the same. Mm-hmm. People know when your energy change. Because at these times, when you met Anthony B, did he have any hit songs yet, or this time he was still a young artist? No hit song. He was just coming same as Fireman when Cape Town is Fireman already. <laughs> Crazy. And I know somebody else that you did um, some early work with, too was Louis Culture. Yeah, oh boy. Kaimnian Brown, Armenian Brown. <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> yeah. Because you were, like, dealing with a, a lot of Rasta artists, because were they a lot of them Rasta these times when you first met them? Well, most people, was, if they don't even have them locks, mm-hmm. they were looking to that direction. Mm-hmm. So it was easy to deal with most of them. They know if they come to me with a dirty tune, I'm not going to take it. Mm-hmm. Later, saw all of them beg me. I said, Mama, this kind of rhythm don't fit your song. Them, you know. She said, Put my power on them rhythm. Man. I said, Well, you know, up here, Congo drum and different thing from where you do. Mm-hmm. When we build a rhythm where you fit, me put your power on, but mm-hmm. me still never vice her. Yeah. I wasn't in the slack thing. Because I find it was a lot of DJs that you were you were dealing with. You didn't have too many singers around you. Yeah. It worked, it, that's the way you designed it or it just happened to work out that way? Most singers is singing over song. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember one, we were at a show and they look at Anthony Malva and say, is this song your song? And he say, no, it's a sing over. And right away, they didn't want to speak to him again because hmm. he had a sing over song. So when you're singing over, it never really interests me. Mm-hmm. But when you DJ, you know, you come with the original lyrics where I can relate to a record company, whatever, what is going on here, they say, well, it's your rights and everything. You didn't do muscle mm-hmm. stuff. A record company don't want to sing over song. Mm-hmm. So all those things that I learned and going through the record companies, I... Make sure when I do my thing, I don't have no problem mm-hmm. saying, oh, you know, it's uh, Whitney Houston. So. <laughs> and stuff like that. Because even you brought his name up earlier, Baby Wayne. How did you connect with a Baby Wayne now? And did you, do you have any songs with Baby Wayne? Yeah. You do? I have songs that don't even release. With Baby Wayne. How did you guys connect now? Because now he's not, he wasn't in that. Rasta 
type of vibes. He was a different type of artist. They have one named Polish. Mm-hmm. It sound like Baby Man. Full of stomato. He continued to tell me, to tell me that. Stars. Da, 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 you, 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 know. But Baby Man, coward when I'm coming to the door, them run him out. Mm-hmm. You had a tune? No, leave. So when I go in the studio now, Baby Man, Father, me can't come? I said, come. Mm-hmm. Stars in my work? Yes, come. So me is in passport to the studio. Mm-hmm. So I'm just start doing things. But I'm have the lyrics then, but certain part of them kind of weak where me never really like still. Mm-hmm. But I'm have him own style, every man of a different style. Actually, since him dead enough, people rate him. Mm-hmm. They want to give him a rip break back then. Because <laughs> I know it was really Kiopatan, Kiopatan and even Wronghead. Kiopatan, yeah. Wronghead, Panhead, and Baby Wayne, they were like... Yeah, the real crew. family. Yeah, but Kiopatan got the big boss. Panhead was supposed to, but then he died. But then, like, when Baby Wayne was getting into problems, smoking and all that stuff there, it was Kiopatan was really the one saying, yo, come and trying to really bring him and Wronghead as a matter of fact yeah. were the two really trying to work with Baby Wayne at the time so we take him from over the waters came uptown give him a room that we can eyeball him mm-hmm. but Baby Wayne loved the thing mm-hmm. where were you when, when Baby Wayne died and what do you remember hearing about Baby Wayne at that time there I was building I came back from Africa I was building a new building in Jamaica Mm-hmm. Put up my studio, and Baby Wayne was sleeping right across the road in a park because mm-hmm. they sell crack up the road. Baby Wayne don't know it's my building. I tell him anytime Baby Wayne find out his problem. <laughs> <laughs> so when Baby Wayne find out, he was on the site every day. Yeah. But they say whatever he was sick with when he come from England killed him. Mm-hmm couldn't believe that he died yeah a great baby Wayne because again I read baby Wayne I remember going to Jamaica a couple times and seeing baby Wayne in record factory him elephant man and stuff yeah and you see when baby Wayne starts to freestyle in that studio everybody's paying attention and the studio mash up baby Wayne yeah you know what I mean baby Wayne of lyrics style that's what it was he had a different type of style yeah there. different energy mm-hmm and from because them stammer to you know yeah so somewhere along the line that stammer work out with him <laughs> stuff he turned it into a style yeah you know what I mean go to a baby way alright you guys would think there even I'm gonna go to the song keep on a couple more and then we're gonna move forward from there when did African Star really start to slow down in Jamaica what year because you guys didn't have a long run you guys were around for about four or five years at a peak, to where it fall off, I just leave and went to Africa. Oh, that's, I see what happened. Yeah. Muta Baruka. She started too much big sound there. Jamaica, you know, so them people need a sound. And then I went there and played on a program named Panafest, mm-hmm. where the whole world come together. So after I played Panafest, I decided that I was going to stay anyway. Mm-hmm. So we stayed, play Nigeria, mm-hmm. play all over Ghana. 
went to Nigeria for a weekend and end up staying for a month. <laughs> <laughs> I have to cry to them and tell them, hey, I have obligation back in Ghana and I have to leave. Yeah. And what's it like out in Africa, especially from a reggae point of view, where you're going out there to play reggae music? When it just started, it looked like it was a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But once it gets started, people was coming like crazy. Mm-hmm. People was just coming, 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 coming. It was good. Mm-hmm. Never have a problem. Because most of the big company, they were the one who was employing me. And money that I cannot get in Canada, mm-hmm. I was getting paid in Ghana that money. That's crazy to even hear you say something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were playing me even more than what I was getting in Jamaica. Yeah. I asked... One of my people the other day, King Lagazi, I said, Lagazi, big crowds are still coming out to dance like when I was there. Mm-hmm. He said, Father, you know you're different. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. But it's COVID time, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy African journey there. Cape Town, how long were you managing Cape Town for? It seems like Ever since I go down there, 87, 88, and started playing that sound, mm-hmm. kept and I've been around mm-hmm. until seriously we start to do the management thing. So they know me from day one with Caperton. Mm-hmm. When I go to Africa, 99, I was still booking shows for him. Mm-hmm. I come back from Africa, military and all of them, and father... Uh, the prophet uh, say, hey, I don't want to get in no problem with what's going on around a prophet right now, so it's better I don't manage him again. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't really want to go on the road anymore. Mm-hmm. This thing that is going on now, I know about it, mm-hmm. and I was trying to avoid being on the road and get caught up with this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Even when I went to Africa just now, they asked me to tour Europe and uh, Della Danger wanted to bring me South America. Mm-hmm. So what I was really planning to do is take one of my youth and from Jamaica and we hit the road. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> coronavirus locked down everything. It just didn't work out. Okay, so you guys basically, you're the one that took yourself away from the Cape Town situation because you didn't really want to go on the road anymore. I didn't want to go on the road anymore and because the Def Jam situation break down mm-hmm. and price drop and all of that, I said, I work for these money already. Why am I going to go and work for these money again? Mm-hmm. We're making $35,000, $40,000 when we're working in Def Jam per show. My percentage was great. Why it's going to drop down to this price and I'm still going on the road? Mm-hmm. Just because he wasn't listening to what I have to put in because he's get large now mm-hmm. so Africa was on my mind I wanted to bring him there not to live there but I wanted to have the experience of what was going on but I think they misinterpret the whole situation because they know I was going mm-hmm. nobody stopped me from doing what I want to do I'm that type of person yeah I'm going. I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, traveling, yeah, because I know you still 
when was the last set of songs you produced for Cape Town? Even when I came back from Africa, I was still producing songs. Oh, you were still producing yeah. songs? When I came back from Africa, I produced one name, The City Lock, Reach of Japan, and the World Place Lock, Reach a Senate Block. And then a company in uh, France wanted it for a soundtrack. Mm. And VP Stick It Up. And all the artists artists that was on the rhythm they wanted to remix everything and put it to a different level and VP spoil it the business is an interesting business you understand you know what I mean it's crazy even talking about business when do you actually learn the business of the business I've been buying records when I was 8-9 years old mm-hmm. and uh, coming up coming up coming up by uh, playing the sound in Toronto, booking the sound, getting artists, because at one point you don't deal with artists anymore, you have to deal with a manager. Mm-hmm. The first manager I had to deal with was Frankie Paul manager. Mm-hmm. And you're learning that old system, so when they get you involved, you know which step you have to take. You go and you meet a Dave Rubin or one of these big guys from a record company and you learn from the rules that they're putting in to move forward doing business so you implement the same business and move forward so publishing royalties mechanical royalties and all this is when you're learning okay Mm -hmm. well I was learning about that a long time Juna Reed singing about drink she want drink coat royalty and just there that they get a check from the PRS so you know that there is money for your song being played and mm-hmm. mechanical rights and all the different rights. Mm-hmm. And would you say the music business has been good to you? I don't have no complaint about the music business. I like it and everything that it done to me, I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Because you got in from, from early, and again, it's like, I know the music business is where... If you're dealing with 20 artists, all you need is one to take off, and that will make up for the other 90 yeah. that you're dealing with. And you were one of those producer, sound owners, label owners that got that artist that broke through and everything else worked for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kokati asked me to manage him when I came back from Africa, a lot of artists. But I wasn't ready for the road anymore. Yeah. And most of my contacts in California, all over that do. The big shows, reggae on the river, all them shows. When I was managing Cape Town anymore, they say, any artist you have, I'll take that artist. Mm-hmm. But it's just you didn't want to go back on the road. Do you feel that same way today? Do you think you'd go back on the road or you still, you don't really want to do road? I'd go back on the road with the sound system, but not with an artist. How come? I don't want to put too much energy in someone else. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they think that they have so much power that they can do whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I have my sound and this is my sound, I can do whatever I want with it. Somebody come and say, Stars, I need a sound for next week. I say, okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. I can't do that with an artist. I have to discuss it with the artist. Got you. And back then, I think it was much easier than now. Mm-hmm. Most artists right now, 
as soon as they see the grass over there look like it getting green, mm -hmm. they will jump ship. They will jump ship when you already put so much in. Mm -hmm. So managing an artist right now can be a joke. I see these artists, they doesn't even have a good year in the business or too good hit song, and they change three, four managers. It's it's a different it's a yeah. different beast. Yeah, you know what I mean. One name I didn't bring up that I forgot to bring up, but I know you'll know. An artist named Bounty Hunter. Okay. Yeah. Whatever happened with Bounty Hunter? He's in England. He's in England. Yeah. Because I know this is the same Bounty Hunter that had the issue with Bounty Killer. Yeah, over name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so at that time was. Hunter, your artist, or he was just around at that time there? He was attracted to what we were doing, and because of going to Matthews Lane, and I have connection to Matthews Lane, he's from Matthews Lane, so the link mm -hmm. was like that. Everybody asks, what happened to this man here? Because he just disappeared one day. Yeah, you went to England. Yeah. The Hunter. You're back in Canada now. I know a couple of years ago you said, okay, you're back in Canada, starting to move the song. How has it been from you came back to Canada now? I really didn't come back to play the song or anything, but I'm living over in Markham and all of that. And I come downtown and hang out with some of the people that I know. They asked me to play in their shop. They're opening a shop and... I started play. They asked me to play every week, and I started to practice. Mm -hmm. Once uh, you think I'm good enough, I start to practice. They think they're rinsing me out, but I'm really practicing while you think you're abusing me. Mm -hmm. So people listen to what I'm playing, and they start to take me out of that zone and put me in different zone. And I even stopped doing special, and I started with specials again. Okay, you'd stopped all of that too? Yeah. When mm -hmm. I went to Africa, I cut that off. Yeah. I say it have no resale value. It's a personal thing. So I stop, and they're pulling me out, pulling me out, pulling me out. Mm -hmm. So I end up start to freshen up the thing again. Mm -hmm. Because remember, you have this crazy catalog from before. So put on a couple new songs, mix it up with the old That's ones. It's good to go. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. Because I know at one point you had connected with Junior D. Yeah. How did you guys connect? I played at a dance, a barbecue down by uh, Woolner, mm -hmm. outdoor thing. Uh, me and Black Supreme and uh, Fire Kids Teeny. Mm -hmm. the type of songs that I was playing, they couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. So them said, Stars, watch out the sound for you. I said, That's my shot at that, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know, really. Do that, me have a little youth named Sugar Finger, a big man named Sugar Finger, but they're all my more time. But sometimes the people I'm cussing out and say, I'm drink too much, but I mean, I'm him Sugar Finger too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Sugar Finger, they're on the thing, they're on the thing. So, Junior D come in. I think reaction tell him, say, Stars need a little man around the sound to energize it with him. You know. So, him come in. I'm convinced me if I give him the song them for fix mm -hmm. in a theme file. And I said, the way the songs are on my laptop, I know how to find them. Got you. So him take it and say he's going to arrange it in a different arrangement. So I give him the opportunity to do it. 
but I still never hear Junadi play a sound before. Oh, you didn't hear him play at no, this time? No, I never hear him play a sound okay. before. Mm-hmm. I went to the Irish and Chin thing when they were qualifying to do the, the Rumble. Crash, the Rumble. Mm-hmm. And one thing he said on the stage that night that it shocked me. Mm-hmm. He said that the hard part of it, as a juggling, mm-hmm. he break through that part. So he's waiting now to play all foundation songs. I said, that is something that you need to keep to yourself. You don't need to tell the crowd that. So when he come, I know that he was on the stage and carrying on and carrying on. So I said, okay, let me see if me and this guy can take it to a different level. Because his experience with working with a certain type of crowd, mm-hmm. according to what I saw Got at you. Rumble. Mm-hmm. So I say, you don't know when God is going to send you an angel. So I said, let me work. Once he started put out, the same day that I give him the songs, he was at a dance that night that Junior D was booked for. And he was playing my songs. And everybody in the dance was shocked and say, somebody there, play your songs. I said, don't worry about it. I will take care of it. So I called and said, you got the songs to arrange it so that we can go out and we know what's going on and the arrangement that you are happy with. Mm-hmm. Okay? Why are you at a dance playing the songs? You're not supposed to be doing that. You're not even on the sound yet. Okay? He says he's arranging, arranging. Whatever. That night is over. He wants to go to Jamaica. He wants to play the sound. I say, you cannot do that. Somebody's in Jamaica that is in charge of the sound. You can't just run down there and block these people over here and over here's playing. It look like I'm disrespecting who is over here. Eugene and them in charge. He still went to Jamaica and played the sound. He come back. I say, what you're doing is not right. I went to Africa because I was down there January and February last year. When I come back, there's a poster out that I'm playing downtown. I say, you can't be booking the sound. I am the one that booked the sound. I decide where the sound goes and when it goes. You can't do that. I didn't go to the function. Nobody actually went. Because mm-hmm. everybody was calling me. I think Star was in Africa. I see him on TV down there and doing an interview. I see him on King Lagazi doing interview. What's going on? I tell him that these people that you're running after downtown is people that I play downtown with all the time. They know who I am because it's downtown boss me okay. back in Canada. Downtown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The cultural scene and mm-hmm. it's them. Noble the works and date. those type of guys. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's them giving me the most date down there. Mm-hmm. So everybody down there know me. They don't know you. You can't book the sound. Leave that to me. Well, it moved from there. It goes on to every week. Junior, he's not doing it now, you know. He's bringing somebody on the sound that I don't approve of. I say, when this person can play the sound better than me, I'll step back and say, go ahead. I'm not scared of doing that. 
When a man is great, you can't underrate. This guy's doing Calypso every week, African Star logo. I say, you need to contain that. He is mad with me. But I'm doing dub every week because we expect virus to hold on and we are going to hit the road. So I'm doing dubs every week, preparing for what is to come. I say, I really can't work with this guy putting me up every week, you know. And I'm not really, I, I don't really approve of this guy on the sound. You have to prove that he can play the sound. He don't talk the mic. He can't find songs. So I said, what do we need him for? Let, we bill it, then we can invite him in. I'm not putting his name on no dub and he's getting mad. And I'm not doing it because I'm not planning to go forward with them. So but what was the initial, so the initial arrangement coming in was Junior D was supposed to arrange the songs and he was on the song or what was the initial thing going in? Well, I'm not in the dance like them, but I can find my songs. Gonna have tons of dub plate over here. So if I'm coming to your dance and you're gonna do a soul dance, I'll say, "What? Well, I have some soul tune over here. I'm gonna put them on the laptop. I'm gonna go and put them on the laptop. Mm -hmm. I'm going to such and such a dance. I have some song here. Let me put them on the laptop. So each time I put my songs on the laptop, I know where to find them because I'm not the computer genius mm -hmm. that these younger guys are. Mm -hmm. So he say he will arrange it better. I say I can find my songs. I know where they are. If you say, eh, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to find it. Mm -hmm. Okay, you arrange it the way you think you can do it better than me. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to stop you from doing that. So you claim that you arrange it. We don't have a dance. I can't just do $40,000 worth of dub and give you it to play on IG every night and give your friend that I'm not approved of to be out there playing, 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 playing. So I say contain that guy that have my thing up Every week that I'm playing on a Calypso dance, we don't play on those dance. Never, ever once in our life, we don't play. So I think he's mad with me and I'm not putting his name on no dub. He's mad with me. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing big dubs and lots of dubs and he will come and I play four or five dubs this week. Next week he, I do the same. I say when I go to do dubs, I don't have no sense I'm crazy. I will phase out all those dubs that you have. And he realized that I, I will do that. Hmm. So, so it was just a situation where, I guess, he wasn't hearing what you were saying and you weren't hearing what he was saying type of thing. He come to take over the sound and direct the sound. I say, you don't know the business as I do, so you cannot do that part. But wouldn't it be where... If we're in a 2021, 2020 type of setting where, okay, he's the younger guy, he would know how to play the song on the road type of thing? That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we end up doing Juggle Ugly. And when we end up doing Juggle Ugly, he wants to play the song. So he, he arranged on his laptop the, the writing so fine that I can't see it. Mm -hmm. I say, okay, I have my laptop there. I say, you guys play I stand up there, I watch them, I watch them. I watch them, I'm not saying nothing. Sometimes I whisper in his ears, I say, do you see the, the comments? The people are saying in the comments, take the sound from him. Boy, I idiot. And they're pulling him down. Some people are say, 
Oh, Star Vex. The next man put up. You don't know Star. Star will stand up there all night and don't say anything. And I'm giving them their break. Mm-hmm. A guy play a dirty song against us. We have a hundred dirty songs that we can draw back on him. We have some bad ninja man and some mad thing. But they're playing in... Uh, what do you call it? When they're pre... Like a folder? Yeah, when they pre-set what they're going to play. Mm-hmm. I say, our sound never play like that. We go to dance and if you play this, we play this and you go around here, we go around there. That's what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. I never used to this playlist mm-hmm. type of thing. So if uh, I go to a dance and you're going to, and I put a playlist and you come in and you play seven or eight songs from the playlist, I'm in problems. Mm-hmm. I said, we don't do that. We know what we have, and we wait until you play this. We play that. Okay, we finish that dance. We have a next dance coming up. I say, I am going to play on this dance and let you hear my difference against you, and you can say, well, I never play better than you or whatever. We can discuss that. But when I went to the dance, I put up my laptop, I put up my mixer, everything. I am going to play. Mm-hmm. You're going to hold a mic. I don't talk on mic. I, I can't go to a mic, a, a dance, and tell nobody, suck your mother and all these kind of things. That's not your... No, that's not me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not there. That's your job. Mm-hmm. And I still don't want it on my sound. If you listen to my sound from day one, we never do it. Mm-hmm. We never do it on our sound when and everybody else was doing it. We never do it. We say, okay. And I play the dance, and all the younger generation that was there playing against me, three or four sound, they want me to continue to play. They say they learn a lot from me. I played excellent. He was standing there. Here they all want me to play the next round when it was three o'clock in the morning we need to go. And I look up on my phone for all these guys that were there, different different sound, and ask them how did stars play. Mm-hmm. They all say I played great. So he's mad. So he's trying to get back on a next sound. I didn't have any problem with that. So when he come and say, boy, I have a wicked sound, da 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 da. I say, okay, all right, no problem. Next thing I know. He's on the next song that he disrespect all these people and he's back on the song. That don't make no sense to me. When he came on my song, mm-hmm. most of those people that he's big enough call me up, star, shouldn't put a boy up on the song, you know. Boy, are you idiot, you know. You want me to lick him in face for you? I said, no, we don't deal with it like that. We don't deal with it like that. He will play out himself because I will make sure I hold that rope tight enough for him to play out himself. Mm-hmm. So I was doing lots of special, let him hear it, all different caliber artists, and I wasn't putting his name on any because it's not going to last. Okay, let me ask you this. As somebody that's had a song from in the 70s to right now come up till 2021, would you ever say you would have a problem relinquishing control to somebody or say, you know what? You play this out. I'll just stay back here and watch what's going on where that wasn't the situation at all. 
I did that for a lot of years with Val, Gary, Boxer, all of them, because I see that they were doing what I expect of sound, and I give it, give it to them, and I step back. Mm. But right now, I have some younger guys right now around Eglinton area that I've been teaching this thing and getting stuff specials for them to help them to elevate themselves as well mm-hmm. that I think will play better than him. Mm. So you don't have a problem relinquishing control then? No. Yeah. It's just you guys, that you guys just couldn't see eye to eye on that situation. He wants to bring this guy along with him when he didn't prove himself yet. So then that was one of the main problems you yeah. found. Okay. From day one, I tell him that I don't need a third person on the sound. Mm-hmm. I need you to do what you're doing mm-hmm. and let us understand that we have this thing going. You're pulling this guy with your same, is your shutter. And when the next sound, play a song, I see him go over there like a little baby and scrunch up himself in a corner. I say, never ever select on my sound that do that before. Mm-hmm. Even if he's going to go and play a lesser song and defend it. And the man himself couldn't find a song. And I can't see on his laptop. So I just go over and say, find such and such a rhythm. Play so and so. And the old screen light up again and thing get live. And I say, this guy can't tell me what to do. I say, next dance. I'm going to play. And if I'm not doing well, everybody there will know. Mm-hmm. And they will say, it. it's on YouTube. Okay. It's just one of those situations, because, you know, I had Junior D. He gave me his side of the story. You came and gave me your side of the story. You understand? It's just pretty much that simple. But what it seems like is, it seems like to me, from day one, what you guys expected from each other probably wasn't really said up front. And then that caused a problem going in and just more problem, more problem, more problem, tail by left. I keep on telling him that uh, I don't need the other guy on the sound and you was really supposed to be here helping me to embrace the sound as an MC mm-hmm. and we could both play the sound together. Mm-hmm. I plan to carry this guy to Europe with me. I can plan to come to South America with me if all this COVID thing mm-hmm. would be on those trips. Mm-hmm. Well, there's an next part of that again. When you're a family man, mm-hmm. you don't pick up yourself and don't know when you're coming back. So I worried about that too. Mm-hmm. I'd rather to call Boxer and say, Boxer, we go Europe. Boxer, we go so. Or we have a next guy in a Jamaica named Moffat that we bring on the sound in the late part when I was still in Jamaica when I came back. And me and Moffat, Moffat would be ready and, and they have the energy and everything and I know what's going on with them. And not one of them, when I go to Jamaica and play the sound, Sometimes Boxer is on the mic. Okay. And Boxer have to tell the people that it's not him playing the sound, it's me. Mm-hmm. Because I have the place on a fire. Now me I play the sound of all the day, I bunks it. So I know I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Gary, same thing. Moffat, that night, as soon as we finish play at Jugger Ugly, I take up my phone right now and show you the text. People are texting me, say, Father, just turn upside of me and me and you run the sound and the sound, bo- boom. These people ain't gonna let the sound reach nowhere. Because he, he's, he want to be everybody's friend. 
Even when he's playing and it can't work. Me and Steely is friend. Me and Jamin is his friend. Me and Jari is friend. We play a hundred times. But when we're going to dance, we're going to put a little piece of steel in our gloves. <laughs> and when we're done, Jari again say, Why well, start? I think it a piece of steel in the gloves. I don't think the gloves did normal. You know. I will laugh and say, Yeah, Jari, me that will look at you for you. Mm-hmm. And the argument done, but he wants to be friend down to the last level and think this sound is going to pamper him when they're playing. When I tell him we have a thing in Jamaica, no matter who we are playing with, that we sit down every day and drink and smoke with, we just let them know that, hey, we don't have no friends in this dance until 6 o'clock tomorrow morning when we're packing up the sound. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that attitude. He's trying to be everybody's friend and think that can let him accelerate to where he's going. And, I, and and that's not the way this thing go. We are friends, but when we are in dance, is a different situation. You have to play what you have to play together, Ed. I have to play what I have to play together, Ed. That's what I know ever since. I've been going to socialist roots and all these dance. You have to play what you have to play together, Ed. Mm-hmm. He's not done with that. One of those things where you live and you learn. You tried, didn't work home. Yeah. You keep it moving. And I still have dates. Mm-hmm. I still have dates this week and I still have dates all over the place. Mm-hmm. I still play dance after he's not on the sound. Mm-hmm. And it's on YouTube too. Mm-hmm. And I go back for Sugarfinger and make him talk the mic. I play with Turbo, Voa, all of them. Mm-hmm. Since he's, he hasn't been on the sound, maybe he was ashamed and thought I would take the sound from him when we were playing with Turbo and all them, and he looked bad. But I'm not the type of person to do something to let him look bad, because just in case it's going to work, I have to protect that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, got you. I, I got you. You know what? You said your piece, and it is what it is right now. 2021, what could we expect from either African Star The Sound System or African Star Music The Label? What could we expect in 2021? I'm not really interested in moving forward with the label. And to tell you the truth, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to leave this country. Okay. Back to Africa. Yeah. That's where your heart is right now. That's where my heart is. So everything that he was doing, it never shaped me. Mm-hmm. And my TV interviews that I did in Africa, it is pushing me over to Europe. Mm-hmm. It's COVID why I'm not over there. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting out of here in COVID right now, mm-hmm. and I'm running with a sound. Not a sound. I have a sound here, mm-hmm. but I'm getting something that can play outdoor. Line arrays and... You love sound system, boss. If there's one thing I've learned, because this seems like this would be like your fourth sound that you built, and it's not a little joke sound. This is a sound you built. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, because I know what Africa needs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody expect me coming back to bring a sound. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm not playing it, I can arrange something, mm-hmm. and everybody come and play their part. When they draw me out and say they want me, there's certain dance in Jamaica mm-hmm. that they tell you that they don't want Gary or Boxer or none of them to play the sound. Mm-hmm. They want me to play, and I must play until such and such a time. I give it to them, mm-hmm. and I go and play what I know you want mm-hmm. to hear, and then I give it to them. Got you. Is your catalog online anywhere, or where's your catalog right now? 
I've been setting up no catalog, but when you go to Google, they say over five and a half, six page of stuff with me over there. You have Cassette Jones in England that started to put up tons of cassette on the internet with me. Mm -hmm. Jamaica, all over the place, putting out stuff with me all the time. When I lease a spec, it, it's over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with somebody like you with such a vast catalog of music that you've recorded, you need to have it digitized and on the Spotify. It's a streaming platform because that's where it is now. You came from Records Day, CDs. Now to preserve that catalog, it needs to be out there somewhere. You know what I mean? I tell you, I got tapes in Jamaica, this eye all across there. Mm -hmm. From four track, to eight track to sixteen to twenty four, mm -hmm. <laughs> lots. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get some more music coming out of the African Star label sooner rather than later. I was thinking of uh, doing a couple of readings because King Kut and those guys on the radio in Africa is asking me why I don't knock up some rhythm and come down and let it produce some of those guys down there. Mm -hmm. So I possibly just do that to elevate their stuff. Got you. But right now, you're okay with where you are right now? Yeah, I'm satisfied with what I'm at, yeah. where I'm at. Uh, to tell you the truth, I went in construction neatly, and most of them don't know. I had a program in Niagara Falls that is seven condo and seven stores and 3.9 acre land. So everything that I'm doing is just, musically, is just me. Yeah. I just like it. You just enjoy it, but that's yeah. not really the focus when no, you plan on that's a game that is not paying yeah. anything right now. That's uh, Abby. Yeah. Whoever think that they can make money from it, that's only uh, Abby right about now. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that since uh, 97, 98, doing special is uh, elevating your brand. Mm -hmm. You can take it and say this guy's gonna start a new job and you're gonna give it to elevate him. Then uh, muscle thing that man. As you said earlier, there's no resale value. No resale value. Mm -hmm. No resale value. So if you don't have enough money to invest in that thing, leave it alone. I tell a lot of younger generation that want it, want it, want it. I say, hey, you can't sell back this. You're not gonna make a certain amount of money to play no sound. So you better know that this is like a drug habit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Best way to say because it's very addictive, car. It is very addictive, mm -hmm. especially when you get one and two and four and five songs and you say, you know, must have eight. Mm -hmm. I forget some more and you don't have the money to do it mm -hmm. and you take the rent money and go and do it. Because mm -hmm. you're trying to keep up to the next man's standard, yeah. which is hard. It's mm -hmm. hard to get to the King Addis and whatever. Mm -hmm. He has that money to spend. You don't have that money to spend. Mm -hmm. And you won't see Ethan in a dance. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's a ghost. Just like you're pretty much a ghost where a yeah. lot of people don't realize. They don't know me. Yeah, a lot said. of people don't know me. Mm -hmm. Even in Jamaica, they don't know me. Yeah. I'm on the corner every day and they don't know that is me. Yeah. At one point, they were calling me the ninja man. <laughs> I was riding a 1,000 ninja. And they say... You mean the ninja man that him yeah. own the sound? Mm -hmm. The man ever ride a big bike? I'm say, yeah, man, I'm the boss. They know me never see him around the sound yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me help string up the sound, me structure the sound. Sometimes I go to the studio, mm -hmm. box have 10,000 US. 
I come from tour. Box of 10,000 US in his bag walking around. Four that, four that, four that. Box of PM. Box of PM. Box of the money spending, not me. Mm-hmm. I go to a dance in Jamaica right now. I say, Eugene, ask them where they want to drink. They want to drink so and so and so. Buy them it. Mm-hmm. It's not me spending the money. Them have the money. Mm-hmm. I give them the money to spend. Most people don't know me. Yeah. You like to keep it smooth. Last one I got here for you before I get you out of here. You've done all this stuff from the 70s right now till 2021. When would you say was the highest point in your musical career? And when would you say was the lowest point so far in your career? The highest point in the music career is about uh, 89 to about 87, 88. 87, 88 to 89, so that two, three years type of window? Uh, or you mean 98? 90, 90. Mm-hmm. So 87 to like around 98. Yeah. So 10, 11 year. Because what was going on in Canada, I don't put it at a high point because we were only playing in Canada. Mm-hmm. We weren't playing nowhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, that was my thing when I was here before. Mm-hmm. So... I don't put that at no eye point, although it was going on good. Mm-hmm. And when would you say would have been the lowest point in your career? Starting, starting out the sound in Canada. Yeah. 78, 79. Mm-hmm. And everything else was up and up from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I feel to push this thing right now, I can't push it. Mm-hmm. Because what it needs to push it mm-hmm. is papers and we have all these people out there waiting to get there and on the program to move it. So, mm-hmm. but I don't see the music sound system going where it used to be. Yeah, it won't go there, no matter what nobody say. What changed the business? Where did the business change? The business changed since it got digital, because everybody can go on YouTube and take off a song and say they have a song. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't be going to the record store to buy records every week. So right there, the thing changed. Mm-hmm. So we used to play records and dub plate in between time and deal with the dances. The people don't want to hear 45 no more. They want to hear all dubs. In a sound clash. Whether a sound clash or not. Mm-hmm. If you're going live right now, you're playing a lot of 45 no matter how good you're playing, they're not listening to you. Mm-hmm. That part of the music breakdown. If you go on, you're playing all dubs, they will listen to you. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain part is lost. I don't see it coming back. I, I could understand, especially a digital part. Yeah. That's when everything definitely changed. That's yeah. when you could email somebody you've never met and get a dub and you've still never met them. You email them back the money and everybody's happy. I don't go to Jamaica and if I want to sign a call and say, hey, you can't find Leela. And I'm say, yeah, man. I say, find her for me and tell me what she want. Mm-hmm. And I'm find her and vice her and tomorrow me have the dub. Mm-hmm. In your email. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. One time you'd have to wait for the FedEx. Right. You'd have to know somebody down there. Something, it was a lot more, there was a lot more barriers you had to jump to get into the business. These selectors in Canada, 
because I know with some Brits and them from long time and all these sound over jungle. And used to call me a Jamaican say, I have a clash, I'm one song, I'm going to go on my vice song, dub plate, put in the dot, FedEx it to them, I'm out of here, put a weight on them down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. They wanted to check you out online. Where could they check you out online? Anything you're doing, they want to catch up with you. Leave some information before I get you out of here. You know, me don't really care about the online thing. It's mostly if me come and do something for you and you put it up. Mm-hmm. But like some people, as they do something, they put it up and they crazy about it. I don't take that route. Mm-hmm. That's not your but, thing. Yeah, African Star Sound System, most things them put up there. Yeah, they'll sometime, find it. Sometimes people pull pull my name and I said, who's putting up all this stuff with me? Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff up there. It's when you've done so much in the business, a lot of people admire it, even if they don't know it's you directly. The internet is a wild place. You'll find all type of stuff. You'll find so many stuff that you didn't even remember on the internet. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. Any big up, big up who you want to big up. Any last words right now? The floor is yours right now. Well, we give thanks and praise for life and bless up all of the artists and the musicians and all the people and keep the thing going, you know? Just like that. Father yeah. Star. Yeah, that cover been... all you too. <laughs> Keep the thing going. You understand 100% Big Boss, you know yeah. what I mean? Thank you so much for sitting down and doing this because I know you don't do a lot of interviews and I've been trying to make this happen for a while now. So thank you for, you know I what I mean? I tell you the truth. I mm-hmm. think when I come back from Africa, Junior say, must want to in, in, introduce, interview both of us. And I look at him and say, but we are not doing anything to take an interview. What are we going to go up there and tell them? Something mm-hmm. that is not happening? But here you are now. You know what I mean? Maximum respect. You know what I mean? Big up yourself, Father Star. Give thanks. You know what I mean? Let me give you an outro and get you out of here, all right? All right, King. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.